Energy, Power, Technology, Innovation, Sustainability. You are in the right place if you're using one of these words to explain your professional interest of focus areas. Whether you're looking to learn about the latest innovations in energy and power or find out what is in the works to build a sustainable energy future, we have something for you. This is Brightest Bulbs. Today, we will peek into one of the world's most mature industries and how it leads others in innovations. We will then explore how this innovative mindset takes on energy challenges and wrap up our discussion with what learnings other industries can extract from this industry's journey. This is Thomas Hillick, host of Brightest Bulbs podcast and webinars. Bo Linterer is joining us for today's episode. If you are interested in unique perspectives, you would enjoy Bo's insights. Bo lived in China, India, Africa and the US. He spent over two decades helping various industries find solutions for their power system needs. Most recently, he is partnering with the mining industry to formulate the ideal energy solutions. Thank you both for joining us today. I'm very excited to have you in this episode of our podcast. Let's start with a lighter question to get to know you better. Bo, could you share a unique fact from your childhood? Yeah, well, thanks, Thomas. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Probably uh, the most unique fact from my childhood is the fact that I have five brothers, no sisters. So that makes six boys. And when most people hear this, they pretty universally respond with your poor mother. <laughs> um, I'm one of the middle children. Uh, I attribute my sense of humor to this uh, when there was a lot of competition for airtime. So if you wanted some airtime, you either had to have something to say or to be funny. So I chose to be funny. And it's actually still to this day, I just have a lot of fun with my brothers. We're all, we're all best friends. It's a great, it was a great aspect of my childhood. That's great. And I'm sure that you also have something to say here in the podcast. Let's start. We will talk about one of the world's most mature industries and how it leads many others in innovations. For the majority of our listeners, mining might come across as a niche industry. How should we think of the relevance of mining to consumers? Why is mining important? Yeah, thanks, Thomas. Yeah, mining is, is one of these things that Pretty much everybody depends on every day and very few people actually see it. Most people probably have never been to an operational mine. And there's a saying that uh, we like to use, if it's not grown, it must be mined. I think of mining is the pointy end of the economy, in fact. You know, in other words, mining is really the beginning of the supply chain for so many things that we use and consume every day. Uh, just think about mobile phones and buildings and roads and bridges, cars all have significant inputs that are required to be mined. And even things like the things that make the things that we use every day, tools and machinery require inputs that require mining, food requires fertilizer, you know, and machinery to plant and harvest and things that make us happy like jewelry and things that we use every day very mundanely like utensils. So mining is all over the place. And probably every time you hit the add to cart button in your online shopping, that probably triggers a signal for somebody to start digging somewhere. So uh, a really interesting factoid, just to build on that, that the U.S. Geological Survey had, had put out that an average infant born today will need something like 
800 pounds of lead, 750 pounds of zinc, 1,500 pounds of copper, almost 3,600 pounds of aluminum, and almost 33,000 pounds of iron. And I'm not even including things like sand and stone and gravel and cement and even salt. Those are enormous numbers. So just those five minerals alone that I I outlined uh, is about 20 tons of material per person, which is about the weight of 14 passenger cars. If it is not grown, it must be mined. I did not know that. Uh, It's really cool. Often we associate mining with coal, gold, silver and iron. How off or accurate is this observation? Yeah, that's pretty close. I, you know, those have been and still are um, really important minerals that are in, in materials that are mined. Coal and iron are continue to be probably the most popular by weight. We mine billions of tons of that stuff a year, something like 12 billion between the two of them. A bauxite, which is used to make aluminum, is another popular one. But that's all by, let's just say, by weight. If you go by value, copper and gold are up there as well. But things are changing and they're changing in important ways. And we believe this will change what is mined in the future. You know, first and most importantly is decarbonization. I know that was a topic that was talked about in an earlier podcast. Decarbonization combined with the increased competitiveness of alternate power sources from natural gas, solar and wind, or we believe will change what will be mined. So, for example, we think that this will drive a movement away from thermal coal um, as a primary power source in many areas of the world, especially in developed economies. In fact, we are actually seeing major miners exiting or announcing they will exit or even capping production of thermal coal. We also uh, expect that this trend of decarbonization will drive more electrification in the transportation sector. Think of cars, buses, boats, and trains that will electrify over time. And this is going to require more metals and materials such as copper, lithium, cobalt, and nickel. The, actually, the, the, the alt-powered technologies themselves, such as solar panels and, and wind turbines, need some of the same materials. The second trend that we see is digitalization and connectivity. You know, this starts with simple things like smartphones and tablets. It extends to smart devices in your homes and hospitals and so on. And it's all supported by data centers that are loaded with thousands of of servers. Um, This is increasing a, a demand for the same materials that are used in electrification. There's even a word for this. We call them tech metals. Just, just some interesting anecdotes here, like a smartphone that you have in your pocket has probably 50 elements in it. You know, that's like half of the periodic table. And as the years go on, more and more devices are connected to the internet. I think there's something on the order of 50 billion devices. Again, this is all requiring some of these tech materials. Even Cummins, by the way, connects our equipment to the internet through various technologies like Prevent Tech and Power Command Cloud Solutions. So in summary, we believe the combination of decarbonization and increased electrification, digitization, and and connectivity will likely put a downward pressure on thermal coal while boosting demand for tech metals and commodities like copper, lithium, cobalt, and nickel. Bo, you are describing uh, all these changes that are not really uh, on first sight related to mining. Interestingly, they help the industry reshape itself. 
How do you think the mining industry is responding to these challenges in terms of adapting to changing demand patterns and staying current as our lives evolve? Yeah, I think the answer is, is innovation. You know, up till now, uh, we've talked about what is being mined, but how we mine is also changing. And to some degree, the technologies used to mine those various commodities, whether it's coal or iron ore or copper or the other tech metals, are, are sort of the same. The equipment is, is, is very similar, and the mining companies, in many cases, are the same companies. But mining companies and miners are looking to innovation as a way to, to mine more safely and with less environmental impact, while also reducing costs. And, and quite frankly, mining hasn't been recognized for innovation so much in the past, but that's changing. There's this interesting article from Bain Consulting um, that ranked the top 50 most innovative companies in the world uh, last year. And there were two mining companies on that top 50 list. The mining industry is, is I think, quickly becoming an innovation hub where mine sites are actually, you know, buying and trialing new technologies such as remote controlled equipment and drones and driverless and autonomous equipment. For example, in the Pilbara region in Western Australia, this is a, a region that has one of the largest sources of iron ore in the world. There are literally hundreds of, of haul trucks. These are the large dump trucks that move the material around. There are literally hundreds of them operating autonomously right now, and these are operating 24-7 without drivers. And this is actually considered more safe and more efficient than human-driven vehicles. Miners are also looking at innovation as a way to improve sustainability of their operations. This includes like reducing water consumption and lowering uh, their carbon footprint. In fact, many of the top miners today have decarbonization targets. Literally just last month, BHP, the largest miner in the world, announced new targets for 2030. They announced 30% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. So we believe the mining industry is actually going to drive a lot of investment and innovation in the industry. It's really great to hear that mining companies are so innovative. I think for many of our listeners, this is a big surprise. You've already addressed the topic that mining companies also start to look more at sustainability. I think many people actually raise their eyebrows if the topic comes to mining and the environment. Do you think this is really changing long term? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. I, I think this is where it gets really exciting. I, you know, I think the key point here is that Innovation is not only good for the business because it helps you lower your cost and increase production, but it's also can be good for the environment and people. And just a kind of a quick sort of history lesson on the journey that mining's been through the last two decades. There's been really like three distinct periods. The first period that started in the early 2000s was the commodity boom period known as a super cycle. And this was really driven by the explosion of the middle class around the world. And it really drove the industry to quickly increase capacity. And the focus then, therefore, was on production. And because the commodity demand was high and the pricing was good, and so the focus was on production and, therefore, machine availability, making sure the machines were always running. And, and I wouldn't say it was you know production at any cost, but certainly cost was the secondary concern during that time. 
The second phase is when that came to a screeching halt around 2013. And the industry rapidly shifted from production to cost. And even cash uh, was really important. It was a really hard time for a lot of miners. The third phase emerged after the market rebounded in around 2017. And miners combined their learning from the first two phases and sought to figure out how to maximize production at the lowest cost. But what was different about this third phase, the phase that we're in now, is miners started to look more and more towards sustainability and how to focus on sustainability. And what this really means is how to have the production at a low cost, but also minimize the impact on the environment and communities. And so we call this new phase the sustainable cost of production. Bo, so we are in the era of sustainable cost of production. Any real-life examples you can share how innovation empowers sustainability in this era? So now let's just take an innovation that we talked about a little bit earlier, autonomous driving, and see how that works for sustainable cost of production. So first of all, autonomous technology, when applied to a mining haul truck, can actually deliver higher productivity compared to a human driver. And they use you know, artificial intelligence and advanced algorithms to always analyze the performance and optimize their routes and their speeds and their uh, the, the way they're uh, using the equipment. And this also leads to a performance improvement in terms of cost because the trucks can actually be optimized to burn less fuel, for example. And when you take that autonomous technology and you apply the latest, let's just say, diesel engine technology, which is our ultra low emissions tier four engines, you can further save on fuel economy and reduce the impact to the environment through less particulate matter and NOx and, and so on than their, their legacy counterparts. So combining all these factors together, you can actually provide a solution that aims towards a sustainable cost of production. So Thomas, you've periodically visited mine sites and worked with miners. What's your take on the, the same innovation, mining, and environmental sustainability? That's an interesting question, Bo. Um, my experience is mostly related to renewables. So I started my consulting business seven years ago. Uh, there were already the first on-site uh, power generation um, systems for remote mines. I have to admit that mining companies were not very quick in the beginning, but also changing to renewables required a complete new mindset for miners. They were used to buying electricity short-term, short-term fuel contracts. And if you actually want to change to renewables, you have to pay your electricity bill at the moment when you do the installation, if you do invest your own money as a mining company. So this required a whole change of mindset. Then the other point is also about risk. Many mining companies feared production losses if the renewable energy asset did not work very well. So this is something that was overcome by a number of flagship projects Microgrids uh, that included uh, partially renewables. And right now I, uh, I see actually that there is kind of exponential growth. 
more and more mining companies are actually incorporating renewables in their remote operations. So a little bit similar what you described before. Mining companies are not always quick, but when they are convinced about a solution, then they really change. I think mines are very exciting. Some of our listeners might be motivated uh, now to visit a mine site. You and I, we are lucky. We have uh, been to mines uh, all over the world. Let's do a virtual tour for our listeners of what tomorrow's mine sites will look like. Do you want to take the lead on this virtual tour, Bo? Yeah, no, I would, I would love to. I, so, yeah, if we close our eyes for a minute, of course, unless if you're driving, uh, I'll, I'll walk you through maybe a vision of, a, of the mine of the future. So, first of all, when you, if you were to visit that mine, you probably won't see many people in the mine or in the field. The, the equipment, most of the equipment will probably be running autonomously or be remote controlled. And the people that are operating that equipment or monitoring that equipment could even be several hundred miles away or even across a, a continent. You'll probably notice a lot of telecommunications infrastructure. Uh, all this equipment needs to uh, communicate with each other and, and with uh, some kind of operating center. That brings you to an operating center. You, you would, you probably see an operating center with, you know, screens everywhere with people kind of monitoring information and, and uh, assessing the performance of the, the mine and the equipment. And then coming to your point from a power perspective, I think you're likely to see large solar arrays and wind, perhaps wind turbines. Um, this is an increasingly popular trend for mines. And uh, you may even see a hydrogen production facility, you know, or some battery swapping stations or some electrical lines hanging overhead that the equipment can tap into to recharge their batteries. Thomas, what do you think? Anything you'd like to add? That was very comprehensive, Bo. Um, just one point. Uh, before I saw my first mine, I was not aware that there is a kind of factory at a mining site, basically a processing plant for separating Uh, metals and minerals from the waste rock. But I have to admit, your journey was so comprehensive, not much to add. Hopefully our listeners have enjoyed this uh, little tour. You have mentioned renewables, and it has reminded me of a report I've recently seen from the International Energy Agency, where they estimated that around 4% of the world's energy is used by the mining sector. 4%. That means the sector itself uses more energy than many of the countries in the world. How do you see this innovative mindset the industry is embracing manifest itself when it comes to energy innovations? Yeah, th and this is a great connection back to our discussion on, on microgrids. You're right. There's a considerable amount of energy consumed at a mine uh, site. And just to put into perspective how much 4% is, that's a little bit more than what Germany or Canada consume. So to your point, that's, that's the size of a, a developed uh, economy. So there's a lot of lots happening in energy innovation. And the core purpose of this is to reduce costs and to reduce uh, the environmental impact of that energy consumption. And uh, th there's really kind of, think of it in two separate categories. One is sort of what miners are doing at a system level, or let's just call that the site level. And the second is what's happening at the asset level, or let's just call that the equipment level. So the low-hanging fruit is at the site level. 
And that gets into what you you talked about, these processing plants. Think of that as like a, a crushing operation of something of that sort that's actually processing the mineral minerals. That takes a lot of energy. And at the site level, you see miners investing in renewable power uh, sources and even microgrids, as you spoke of. And in a microgrid, of course, is a, a local energy system capable of producing and potentially storing and distributing energy at the local level. And the microgrids are made up of potentially several different power generation technologies, such as solar panels or wind turbines and standby power generators or continuous running power generators. And they're combined with energy storage systems and controls and management software. And uh, these grids can be operated sort of off the grid and, and in sort of like an island mode or be connected to a central grid. Another example of a site level innovation that's kind of maybe a little bit more specific to underground mining is in regards to uh, reducing the ventilation requirements. So if an underground mine uses fully electric equipment, for example, they can actually reduce their ventilation requirements, uh, which also helps lower energy consumption. So those are a couple examples at uh, at site level. At the uh, asset level, or again, at the individual equipment level, this is taking on a whole new direction. So first of all, I'd be remiss to say the internal combustion engine, of course, continues to be the most popular option to power vehicles today. You know, these are the, the diesel engines, but these are becoming more clean and efficient than their predecessors. This is not your grandfather's diesel engine anymore. It is these Engines today, you know, a typical Cummins engine, for example, in a mining application emits 90% less harmful gases compared to engines produced just two decades before in, in, in 2000. And they're more efficient too. So we avoid a lot of, of pollution uh, by using the just the latest diesel technology. Uh, and that's available today. When you think about next generation power, and then we believe that maybe more than one technology will be used by miners. You know, for example, one possible alternative power source is fuel cell technology. And fuel cell technology combined with batteries uh, to form a hybrid system. And, uh, you know, fuel cells use hydrogen, preferably green hydrogen, you know, hydrogen produced by renewable sources, and oxygen to generate electricity. And the only byproduct is water. So that basically means no pollution. So that is one possible technology of the future. The Another alternative power source is just uh, battery electric vehicles. So, you know, uh, supported by, you know, fast swap changing stations or supplemented with overhead trolley lines. So that's another possible technology I would expect miners to, to use in the future. Both. You also have lots of experience working with other sectors, not only with the mining industry. When you step back and look at uh, other industries you've previously worked with, whether it's healthcare, data centers, manufacturing facilities, commercial buildings, or even other mobile applications like boats or locomotives, do you feel there are learnings from the mining sector that other industries could leverage to? I'm referring here to the areas of innovation and energy technology. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the one thing that just immediately comes to mind is what miners are doing in the digital space and how that's supported with services. So 
the the mining application is very severe. The conditions are are harsh. The units are run uh, near continuously at a high what we call load factor. So the engines are really really worked, and um, so there's a tremendous focus on the asset management and keeping the the equipment running continuously. And so the industry and and and, and Cummins have developed tools and business models for the mining sector that really support that level of again that sustainable cost of production. And I think that can apply to other sectors. So a typical example is a what we call a cost per hour contract, which is essentially means that the equipment suppliers are responsible for the equipment performance and the availability of the equipment. And in turn, the equipment suppliers, you know, we develop digital tools and that help us anticipate issues and proactively intervene before there's a problem. Because that's in our best interest, of course. So we believe that this model can be applied to other industries. That's the first one that comes to mind. Well, we are running out of time here. Let's do a rapid fire Q&A. What do you think are the couple of innovations relevant to the mining industries that you are watching most closely? Yeah, two that come to mind. Again, fuel cells. That's the top one that I think is really promising. I think the second one is around the predictive analytics and prognostics. Interesting. I'm very curious why you have picked those two. Would you mind elaborating a little more what makes these two so special? Yeah, well, just starting with fuel cells, I think clearly that's a, a zero carbon power solution, assuming you start with green hydrogen. But the thing I like about fuel cells is it provides a lot of flexibility. The, the equipment isn't tethered to a overhead line and it really allows them a minor essentially the same flexibility that they have today with diesel technology and the other interesting thing is miners can produce their own hydrogen these companies build desalinization plants and own their own railroads so um, the the technology exists to produce hydrogen and and I think they would be well equipped to to sort of make those investments so so that's one. The prognostics one, and I would say that the predictive analytics are exciting to me because it's really just about predicting the future. It's it's and that's just naturally exciting. It's it's the the possibility of showing up minutes or hours before a failure and intervening and the customer never experiences any downtime is just that to me is just extremely exciting and in the algorithms and the the math behind that is just really you know sophisticated and and, and that's just an area that just naturally excites me thank you Bo, for joining today's episode it was exciting to learn about innovations in energy technologies within the mining sector and their reflections in other sectors For listeners that are interested to learn more about energy innovations or the mining sector, any resources you would suggest? Yeah, a, a couple come to mind. I, there's a, a couple really good online media, industry media sources. The mining.com and international mining are two that come to mind. I always am reading industry news from those sites. Another interesting one I mentioned earlier that BHP announced their 2030 targets just last month in September. They also issued a 2020 climate change report. And it just is a really interesting read to get a perspective from a miner's viewpoint on the challenges that they're facing and how they're thinking about meeting these targets and 
it gives you a little bit of a window in how the largest mining company in the world is, is thinking about navigating these changes. Thank you, Bo. In addition to Bo's suggestions, be sure to visit comments.com slash podcast to find other episodes and more resources. Thanks everyone for joining us for this episode of Brightest Bulbs. In our next episode, we will go to the intersection of connectivity and energy to explore what does connected energy look like. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. <music>